You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip Podcast. In this episode, I shared the top five mindset blocks that entrepreneurs face and the practical steps to pushing through them. Having a rock-solid mindset is absolutely key to your success as an entrepreneur, and that starts with busting your blocks and building better, more empowering beliefs. If you're ready to upgrade your success mindset and step into your next level, this is your episode. You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip Podcast. In this show, online business coach and self-made millionaire Sabrina Phillip shows you how to do entrepreneurship your way. She moved to Bali with $800 in her bank account and just one year later had scaled her business to seven figures. Sabrina has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Goldcast, and Cosmopolitan. Using her signature intentional, manageable, profitable framework, Sabrina helps women make millions online. Currently traveling the world, tune in each week as she reveals the best tips, tricks, and strategies for creating the intentional life and business of your dreams. Here's your host, Sabrina Phillip. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down for you five mindset blocks that entrepreneurs face and how to push through them. So mindset is so important, and it's something that I really want us to spend time on not just today, but every single day, because you are never going to get any more than you believe you can have. If your belief system is that you can only replace your nine to five income, then you will only ever replace that nine to five income. If you believe that you can only ever make six figures if you're working 60 hours a week, then you will not make six figures unless you're working 60 hours a week. So the beliefs that we have about ourselves are really going to dictate and shape our life. Our thoughts, our beliefs are going to shape our destiny. So it's up to us to really take control of what it is that we believe to be true and reshape those thoughts into beliefs that are truly empowering and help us get more of what we want. So today I'm going to be breaking down for you five common mindset blocks and I'm going to explain to you where those come from, what they really mean, and how we can go ahead and push through them. Now, I want you, as you're hearing these blocks, to understand that you are not the only person in the world who feels this way. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. You are not going to be not successful just because you have these blocks because guess what? I had them too. I had all of them too. And I was able to take control and shift through them and so will you. And for me, it actually helped me feel a lot better to know that there were people out there who were struggling with the same mindset blocks that I was because if someone else had struggled with this and overcame it, then I could too. So I want you to keep that in mind as we go through these blocks. So the first mindset block that we're gonna be talking about today is this feeling of worthiness. Now, a lot of us do not feel that we're worthy of good things. And this can come from a lot of the stories and conditioning that we had as children or young people, young adults. And almost any mindset block, to be honest, is gonna come from conditioning and what we have absorbed as young people and taken in as our belief systems. Because the thing is, the difference between a fact and a belief is that facts are based on evidence that we can really truly see, whereas beliefs are things that we kind of believe to be true based on our opinions or feelings or culture or whatever. But the problem is that most people take their beliefs to be facts. So you might take as fact that you are not worthy of good things and that you are not worthy of having a successful online business or whatever other nonsense you might be thinking and really feeling as fact, but it helps to understand that that's not actually the case. 
right? You are worthy of good things. And just because you've had things happen to you in the past that might make you feel that way doesn't mean they're true because what's happening is your brain is looking for evidence and taking that to form the basis of what it perceives to be a fact. So let's say, for example, you were like me and you were a little bit of a rebel when it came to school and you would maybe get B's even though you probably could have gotten A's but you just didn't study very hard or maybe you didn't feel really comfortable sitting with the cool kids at the lunch table or maybe you got picked last for dodgeball. Maybe you got passed over for a promotion at work. Maybe you had to take a college class twice, whatever it is. Maybe you went through something that you are now taking on and using that as the basis for the fact, for the mistaken belief that you are not worthy of good things. The cool thing about our minds is that we get to determine what is true. So if we can look at that and start to break that down, then we can also create a new belief and start to build that up. So a lot of times the thing about worthiness is we are looking for fact and evidence and validation outside of ourselves. We are looking for the good grades and the happy marriage and the perfect children and the heaps and of praise and people just saying, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. We're looking for this external validation to tell us that we are worthy. But the thing is, worthiness is an inside job. Worthiness comes from within you. Nobody else can make you feel worthy because that is something that inherently comes from within. If you believe in a higher power, then that worthiness is transmuted through that. But that is a relationship between you and your God. That is not a relationship between you and your ex-boyfriend or you and your teacher or you or anybody else. That is something that comes from you. Either you feel worthy or you don't, but nobody saying something else, nothing that anybody else can ever do or say is going to make you feel worthy. You might have a superficial level of happiness or you might feel like, okay, I'm doing and saying all the right things so people like me, but that's not really gonna make you feel worthy. So when I talk about how to push through the worthiness block, in a way, it's not so much about doing something different or believing something different. It's really about remembering what's actually true and peeling back the conditioning and layers that people have put on us that have told us that I will be worthy if, because that's where that comes from. You don't feel worthy because someone told you that, you know, oh, you know, you're such a good girl because you got a straight A. You're such a good girl because you cleaned up your room. You know, you're such a good wife because you did the dishes or you made me a nice dinner. All of those are nice things, sure, but that doesn't make you worthy. You are worthy because you are. It's a being. It's not a doing. And in a lot of ways, worthiness is kind of the core wound. It is the core mindset block. And all of this comes back to this one thing because worthiness is tied to our feeling of love and security. If we don't feel worthy, we're not going to feel loved. We're not going to feel truly seen and understood. We're not going to feel enough. And the reason why that's so important is because, again, you're never going to get out of life more than what you believe you are worthy of or more than what you believe you're capable of or deserve. And that all comes back to feeling worthy. So the way we push through this block, again, it's not by doing anything different. It's by remembering. It's about sinking back into the truth of who we are. So if you have ever felt like you can't have something because somebody told you, this or that or whatever it is, you are going to very politely tell them to go screw themselves 
and you are going to give yourself a pat on the back and you are going to remember that you have always been worthy. You have always been good enough. You have always been capable of getting the things that you want out of life. Worthiness is an inside job. So that's the first mindset block that most entrepreneurs face. And if we're being honest, most humans face. So again, worthiness is something that comes from within. It does not come from external validation. You could blow up your business. You could sink your business. You could have the worst month ever. You could have a negative $100,000 cash month and you would still be worthy because none of that has anything to do with your worth as a human being. So that's where we need to start. We need to feel really empowered and worthy of good things, right? And so there's a difference, I think, as well between, okay, I get it. I'm worthy. I'm a human. But I think there's a difference between that and I am worthy of good, not just neutral, but good, right? So feeling like you're worthy of good things, I think also comes from a place of self-love and really wanting the best for yourself and being your own best friend and really caring about your happiness and your experience of life. And a lot of that's going to come from the people we surround ourselves with. The reason why we don't feel worthy is because when we were younger, we were surrounded by people or experiences that made us feel as though our worth was conditional or that we were not good enough and therefore we were not worthy. So make sure to surround yourself with good people. Remember that you're worthy. Believe in your ability to receive in good things. And that is where we start. Once we feel worthy of good things, we will open ourselves up to the universe to receive good things. So that's your first mindset block. The second mindset block that most entrepreneurs face is this feeling of it's not happening fast enough. You quit your nine to five yesterday and you're not a millionaire today. You launched your program six hours ago and you don't have 100 sales just yet. Maybe you've been hustling and grinding for six months and you still aren't where you want to be. This feeling of it's not happening fast enough partially comes from our feeling of unworthiness, but it also comes down to this feeling of fear and scarcity and I need to control the outcome. As entrepreneurs, it might feel a little bit counterintuitive to say, I want you to surrender. But to an extent, we kind of have to because my belief is that it's all a matter of divine timing. And I believe that things are going to come to me when they're meant to come to me. And because of that, I don't need to feel anxious that something is not here just yet. And I don't need to feel depressed that something has already passed because I know it's going to come at exactly the right moment. And so what I found is that in life and business, I can call things to me a lot quicker when I get to a point of trust and when I'm really just focused on taking the action and preparing my life and business for receiving the things that I want to. But if I'm super anxious about why have I not sold out my private coaching just yet? Why have I not sold out my course? Why has my virtual assistant not learned to read my brain? Why is she annoying me all the time? Why is this not happening fast enough? Then that's actually going to repel and push away the things that you want because there's an energy of fear and scarcity and miracles do not show up where there is fear. Miracles show up where there is faith. So if you want that experience of getting everything that you want, there has to be this knowing, this determination, this faith that it's going to happen no matter what. It doesn't matter what the timeline is because it's going to happen. If you put conditions on yourself, if you put conditions on your timeline, again, you don't truly feel worthy because it's, oh, it has to happen within this or I'm going to make 
this mean about myself? It has to happen within six months or I'm not going to be a good enough business owner, that condition, right? So if we're putting that on ourselves, then that's not going to open up the universe to helping us out and helping us get what we want. So we really need to get to a place where we are just opening up those timelines and feeling determined that it is going to happen no matter what. When you have that drive, when you have that determination, that is when the magic happens. That is when you're going to get what you want because you're in that place. You're taking the right action. You don't need to worry or stress or spend time thinking, will it happen? Won't it happen? Because newsflash world, it's happening. So that's the energy I want you to find a way to step back into. If you're ever feeling like it's not happening fast enough, I'm not getting what I want, pause, breathe, and trust that there is a higher plan that is working out for you and that you have the ability to work with that higher plan and call things to you more quickly when you trust, surrender, believe, and take massive action. So that was your second mindset block, which is this feeling of it's not happening fast enough. And the reason why also this one is so important is because if you feel that something is not happening fast enough, you are so much more likely to quit and leave your path. So keep that in mind, really, because if you are all the way in, there's no quitting, there's no giving up. So that was your second mindset block. The third mindset block that most entrepreneurs face is imposter syndrome. Now, this is something that is going to creep in for a lot of us. I remember when I dealt with this and it was basically this feeling of who am I to be doing this? Who am I to be showing up on video trying to teach people how to start online businesses? Who am I to hire a virtual assistant? I'm 22 years old and she's 40. How is that right? How does that make sense? You know, what if I say the wrong thing to my coaching clients and I ruin their lives forever? All of these fears start to come in where we feel like we're a fraud. That's what imposter syndrome is. It's this feeling of I shouldn't be doing this because I'm not good enough, smart enough, talented enough, whatever it is, which again comes back to that first and truly core mindset block, mindset wound of worthiness. If you felt worthy, you would not feel like an imposter. And so for me, what really helps anytime imposter syndrome creeps back in, and it's going to creep back in every single time you hit a new level in your business, because you might get to the point in your business where you're making six figures and you're really comfortable and, you know, you can do that. You can handle that. That kind of feels like a routine, but then it's time to stretch your comfort zone and go to multiple six figures and that imposter syndrome is going to creep back up. You know, maybe you get that thing under control, you're grooving, you're moving, you're making multiple six figures, easy, no big deal, but then it's time to scale to seven figures and that imposter syndrome is going to come back up. So what I want you to take away from this then is that mindset is a lifelong journey. It is not a one and done, let me journal this out and I'll be perfectly happy and awesome forever. That's not how mindset works. Mindset is about continuously shifting the beliefs that pop up for us that do not serve us. So when it comes to battling imposter syndrome, what I like to do that really helps me is I make a list of all of the experiences I've had and the things that I've done that tell me and prove to me that I am a good coach and I am a good business owner and I am a good CEO. Now, worthiness comes from within, for sure. That is not something that can be validated by anything external. But the fear and the niggling little noise of imposter syndrome can be quieted by looking at the things that you've done so far. So this is really where we need to look at everything we have accomplished thus far. So if you are saying, 
well, I can't be a business coach because I've never owned an online business, but you have an MBA or you were a manager at a $30 million a year corporation or you were a Fortune 500 CEO. Sure, maybe you have never owned an online business, but I'm guessing you know a heck of a lot about business, right? If you are thinking, well, I can't be a relationship coach because I didn't do a certification program, but you've been married 40 years and really, really happily, then actually, yeah, you do have something to share with people. I keep a tab, a document of every single testimonial or sweet thing anyone has ever shared about me, whether that was mailed to my support team or posted on social media. And that is a great resource for me anytime imposter syndrome comes up to just kind of focus my attention on my service and the experiences of clients who have worked with me and remind myself of how my work impacts others. Because the thing about imposter syndrome is you're making it about you. I'm not good enough. I'm a fraud. I can't do this. I can't do that. But if you shift the focus back to the people that you help and the people that you want to continue to help, then you're going to find a way to quiet that noise. So imposter syndrome, again, worthiness comes from within, but you can quiet that fear. You can quiet that mindset block by putting the focus on all of the people you are here to help, all of the experience you've had that have prepared you for this moment, and really getting sold and locked in on why you were born to do this. Because I truly deeply believe that everyone was born to do something. Everyone was put on this planet with a purpose, with a mission, And for so many women, I want to empower them through entrepreneurship to live out that service, to live out that mission, to live out that purpose. And so if I put the focus on that, if I put the focus on doing the work and helping others, imposter syndrome quiets for me. So that was the third mindset block that a lot of entrepreneurs face. The fourth one is fear of visibility. Now, fear of visibility was probably one of the first few mindset blocks that I really encountered because I was 22. I had just moved to Bali and, you know, finished up school. And I was so terrified of what people might say if I was posting on my Facebook profile that I was trying to start an online business. That was just three short years ago, but people thought that it was crazy that I was doing that. People for sure thought that I was just going to come back after a few months, and I did not want to give anyone the space to say anything negative about me because I knew that would knock my confidence. And so the way that limiting belief self-sabotaged me is I would not do live streams. I would not post on social media as much as I needed to. I avoided building a website. I avoided starting an email list. I avoided taking all of these actions that would have allowed me to show up really powerfully because I was afraid of what people might say. And I was also afraid of what might happen. So if you're struggling with visibility, there are some things you can do to go ahead and push through that block. One of them is really, again, put that focus on the service. I believe that I'm here to share a message with the world. And in order for me to share that message and make that impact, I have to show up. If people cannot find me, they cannot pay me and I cannot help them. So me getting visible not only gets me more of what I want, but it also helps me impact more people. 
So that's where I put my focus. I don't focus on my fear around visibility. I focus on how my visibility will help others. Now, let's say you are terrified of something in particular. For most entrepreneurs, that's going to be fear of live streams. Oh my gosh, it is live. People are watching what might happen. So here's the good news. I have had only one I wouldn't even say bad, but let's call it funny experience when it comes to live streams. I was in Munich, Germany. This was around Christmas time, December, maybe 2017, and I was doing a live stream. And at the time, there was this trend where people would have Facebook groups. And if someone was doing a live stream, they would put the Facebook live in there so everyone would know you know, go to this live stream and they would start spamming the comments with basically a fake couch auction. So they would be like, wow, I love that couch you're sitting on. Can you move so I can see more of the couch? How much is the couch? How much is the couch? How much is the couch? And I'm sitting there trying to do my live stream and I am so confused. And I went from 80 viewers to 250 in like three minutes. At the end of that, even to this day, I still get messages saying, oh my gosh, you handled that with so much grace. Oh my gosh, you are such an inspiration. Because instead of letting those trolls keep me from shining my light, me shining my light, regardless of what other people were doing, was an inspiration to others. So that was my one only, let's say, funny, not necessarily bad experience with live streams. And it actually helped my brand. It actually helped my business. So Don't be afraid of what people might say or do because what I have learned is that for your ideal client, there is nothing bad someone else could say on your live stream that would keep them from wanting to work with you because they just wouldn't believe it. They could get on there and they could say, you're so dumb, you're so this, you're so that. My ideal client wouldn't even hear it. They would get into fights in the comments with them. Again, though, this doesn't actually happen. This has happened to me once, and it was a fake couch auction two years ago. So even if something were to happen, remember, that's not going to impact the way your ideal clients see you. Let's say you're afraid, okay, well, maybe they're not going to have a fake couch auction, Sabrina, but maybe I'm going to say the wrong thing. It's live. I can't take it back. So you correct yourself and move on. No big deal. If you say the wrong statistic or say the wrong sentence or flub your words, whatever, take a sip of water, keep going, girlfriend. You know, that is not the time to pout and quit. That's the time to keep going. And the thing is, a lot of people ask me how I'm so confident in live streams. It's because I've done hundreds of them. You can go back to my first live streams. I did not look anything the way that I do now, but I kept going and I learned and I got more confident. And for me, live streams, I now see them as something that gets me more of what I want. I see them as being a really fun experience. So I show up really powerfully and I enjoy them and I don't resist them. Something that I did before I did my first ever live stream and I recommend to all of my clients is if you are nervous about going live on video, do a live stream in a private Facebook group. It should just be you in there and maybe one other friend so no one else can see this. Do that live stream just so you get comfortable with 
the Facebook Live technology, starting, stopping. You can listen to it after, but that's a really great way just to kind of get over that fear initially. Something that also helps is to have a friend show up. So in my programs, a lot of the students will say, hey, I'm doing my first live stream. Who wants to attend? And that way they kind of have each other's backs and they show up for each other. So that is a really great way to come over, get over the fear of live streams because fear of visibility, again, It is just keeping you from getting more of what you want. You have to get visible so that people can find you, people can pay you, and you can change their lives. So that was the fourth mindset block that most entrepreneurs face. The fifth and final block is money drama. Now, money drama is going to look different for every single person because it is going to be most usually shaped by the beliefs that were imparted on us by our parents. So let's say you had parents who really were insistent on teaching you the value of a dollar and how hard it was to make money. Then your money drama might be that money doesn't come easily. Now, let's say you had a mom who always spent all the money right away and she was always paycheck to paycheck. Then your belief might be that money disappears really quickly. Maybe you had a dad who was super frugal and would not spend anything because, you know, it wasn't worth having nice things or luxuries or whatever. Then you might take that on as well. So there's nothing necessarily wrong about that. Everyone can have their own belief system around money and it's all going to serve us in different ways. But the cool thing about mindset is we get to determine which beliefs serve us. And so for me as a business owner, the belief that has served me best is understanding that money is a tool. It's a neutral resource that I can choose to circulate and invest and spend in ways that feel good to me. Money gets me more of what I want. Money can help me hire team members. Money can help me travel the world. Money can help me have nice experiences and buy nice things and go to fancy restaurants with my boyfriend. It can help me have all of these things that are going to make my life feel better and more rich and more wonderful. And we are all going to have different priorities around money. I'm not saying anyone should go buy a Chanel bag tomorrow by no means, but you should always feel comfortable, I believe, circulating money because the thing is, if you don't feel comfortable circulating money, it's because there is a feeling of scarcity around money. It's the belief that there is a finite amount of money on this planet. And if you spend the money in your bank account, you will never see that again. But the truth is that your financial security comes from you. It comes from your skills and your ability to go out there and generate more money whenever you need to. Your security does not come from your bank account. Your security comes from your ability to show up and make money whenever you need to. I know that I could have $0 in my bank account, but I know how to structure a program and I know how to sell a program. I know how to show up and I know how to sell that baby out. That's my security. So money is a tool. It's a resource. It's something that we can flow in ways that serve us. If for you, it feels super good to save a lot of money and put money into your 401k and invest in stock and real estates and all that, awesome. But you're making that decision from an empowered place. It is not coming from a fearful, scarce place. So what helps with clearing money drama is to figure out what your story is around money. Is your story that money only comes to people who work hard? Is your story that money runs out quickly? Is your story that, you know, money should be saved and hidden away because God forbid something happens? Figure out what that story is. 
look at that evidence that your experiences have created for you. Look at the different experiences you had as a child and as a young adult and when you got your first job and student loan debt and all of these things. Figure out how they've shaped your beliefs forgive them and start to unpack them. You have to decide what your new money story is. My money story is that money is a neutral resource that circulates all throughout my life that I can call it in and send it out at any time that I want. And so because of that, I feel comfortable making investments and decisions knowing that money will come back to me tenfold. And so that's the better, more empowering money story I choose to lean into. For me, my mom always worked so hard. She was extremely successful, but she really held on and counted every single dollar. My dad, I make fun of him all the time because he's super German. He is like six foot three, wire rimmed glasses, accountant, super German. And I am always making fun of him just one because of his accent, but he just, his beliefs around money are very much like you have to work hard, save your money have a plan, have a budget, be this, be that, be that. And yeah, have a budget, have a plan, be smart. But I really was raised kind of thinking that money was something that had to be worked for really, really, really hard. And so I had to completely shift that and let go of that because for me, what I believe to be true is that I can have an intentional, manageable and profitable business while working less than 20 hours a week. Right. And so for me, it wasn't necessarily about the number of hours that I worked, but it's the amount of value that I give. The amount of money you receive is not about how many hours you're working in your business, it's about the value you're putting out into the universe. So that belief serves me really, really well. And if it's going to serve you well, I'm going to encourage you to try it on for size. So those were our five money blocks worthiness feeling like it's not happening fast enough, imposter syndrome, fear of visibility, and money drama. So as we were talking about those, I gave you some strategies for pushing through them. A big one, of course, was finding ways to rewrite your limiting beliefs. Some other things that you can do are go ahead and create a mantra. So for me, a mantra I like to have is, I always get everything that I want or everything is fixable. And for me, anytime a little fear creeps in, I go ahead and put that out into the universe. You can also go ahead and create really positive money rituals if you have some money drama. One thing that can really be sabotaging is not paying attention to your money. So maybe create a money date and just look at how much money you have every single week or maybe do some financial planning where not only do you create a budget for what you have right now, but you also create a budget for where you want to go. But create some really positive money rituals, have a mantra that really grounds everything for you, and then look at your limiting beliefs, rewrite them, and then write better, new, more empowering beliefs. So those were the five mindset blocks that entrepreneurs face and how to push through them. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to let me know on social media which mindset block you're battling now and the new, better, more empowering belief you're choosing to believe about it. Thanks, everyone.
Thanks for listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday. If you love this episode all about sales skills and you know it's time to take yours to the next level and you want 2020 to be the year that you make massive bank, then you're going to want to check out my new sales course called Sold Out Sales. This course is a live six-week course that will take you from nobody buying to solidly and consistently closing sale after sale. It is open from March 5th through 18th for the one and only time in 2020. In this course, you're going to learn how to sell yourself on your value, who your ideal clients are and how to speak to them, how to structure your sales calls, how to filter your leads, why the fortune is in the follow-up, how to close like a boss in the DMs, how to develop your product suite, how to structure your offers, pricing strategies for charging what you're worth and raising your rates, and a million things more. You will walk away from sold out sales with a complete and total sales system to take your life and business to the next level. And like all my online courses, you also have lifetime access. So if you ever need a refresher, you can always come back. So as I said, this course is only open for one time in 2020 from March 5th through 18th. Go to sabrinaphillip.com forward slash sold out sales to enroll. And all of the details are in the show notes down below. I would love to see you on the inside and I'll catch you on next week's podcast episode.